Good morning, good afternoon, good evening. I'm Barrett Coldine, and this is John Mango. Hello, I'm Mango. And this is Cudder Woulda Shudder episode 17. So why don't we just get going? Excuse me, I need some help! Don't worry, madam. Help has arrived. Help, I think I've broken all of my fingers. We're here to help you get them back. I don't know like what my wife's made for dinner. Stop moaning, at least you've got a dinner. My name is Cold Iron. Cold Iron. You're the Cold Iron. John Mango. Coulda, woulda, shoulda. So, hello once again, everyone. I'm Barrett Coldine, and I'm here with John Mango. Hello, John. I'm alright, thanks. How are you doing, Barrett? I am very well, thank you. And what have you been up to this week? I've been sort of doing the emails a bit more as well. Well, isn't that exciting? Now... Have you been doing anything more exciting than what you've just said, John? Oh, if I'd have known that, I wouldn't have made that crass joke. Then. Damn it. That's not the right one. Well, Barrett, I've got to Oh, no, I know what reality is. That's, that's, that's like now, isn't it? <sighs> is it not working? If it's over, what, four hours, does that make it a documentary? Oh, right. That's annoying. So, um... I'll just have to come clean with you guys. Um... John's not here. It's just me. Um, I don't know why he's not here. I, I, I can. F- I feel like I've got an answer coming though because he did send me a voice message this morning. Um, so I'm going to play that to you now. I've not heard this, by the way. I've just seen it. Um, so maybe this has some answers for us. Mango here, obviously. Uh, just wanted to let you know that I can't do the podcast this week um, on whatever day it is we do it again. Um, basically, I'm doing a 48-hour brain study. Not, not on my brain. My, my brain's okay. I'm doing a deep dive into one of my clients' brains. Um, they asked me to, you know, all the stuff's signed. So I'm going to be going in their brain for a while. And you don't want to, you don't want to come out and go back in. You want to just stay in there, you know, get it all sorted while you can. So, no podcast uh, from me this week, I'm afraid. Um, also, about those cartoons you wanted to watch together, um, I am free on Sundays. So, if you want, um, I can bring that cake around again. That you right. Um, obviously, that ignore that last part. That that was just for me and him. Um. Damn, that's really annoying. I didn't expect this. Uh. Him and his brain dives, man. That's the thing as well. Like, he makes it sound, you know, fine and dandy and stuff like that, and it's just a normal procedure and stuff. It's weird what he does, okay? So, like, I've seen him do one of these things before. Like... What he does is he he gets him he gets all these people to sign. He tell to be fair, he is all consensual. It's not like any sort of underhanded, uh, sort of um, interrogations or any sort of things like that. What he does is he he's got I don't know how he got one of these, but he's got one of those tattoo chairs. That, you know they have in tattoo parlors where it's it's reclined and stuff, um, and it's on like a little plinth, 
that you can spin around. Um, and it's got those little clamps for your hands so you can stay put. Um, and what he does is he, he basically gets someone accommodation for about a night or two. And he does these deep dives into brains, which I don't really know how accurate, medically accurate they are. He basically, all he does is he feeds them and he gives them a bed and stuff like that. But for about 12 hours a day, he basically just gets them to sit in this chair, silent, and then he basically goes around sort of putting all sorts of weird little gizmos and gadgets on their heads. He pokes them with a little stick he's got. I've even used him, see, it's, I've even seen him use a stethoscope on a brain. And I really don't know, because he's, you know, fiddling away writing and typing on his computer and stuff. He he never tells, he never told me, like, what the outcome of one of these deep dives is. He just says, you just won't understand them, Barrett. And that obviously that makes me feel a bit bad anyway, because I'm kind of like, well, I'm in your field, so and I know what you're talking about, so don't treat me with disrespect. Just give me a chance. But also, it also gives me a, a reason, like, to think, does this actually do anything? Um, so, and also, that's another thing as well. He just never tells me when he's going to do them um, until now. I'm, I'm sure he's already two days into this one. And he's just never considered telling me that he's doing one, which, yeah, that's really annoying. I mean, I've got nothing else to do. I've got to, you know, I've got to satisfy my audience, you know, all, you know, all thousands of you listening. You're going to be a bit sort of miffed if suddenly there's a week without an episode. I'm going to, I'm going to do a podcast on my own, eh? I'm going to do it. Okay, um, so first up, we've got quickfire questions. Uh, no, we haven't. There's no point doing that, is there? Uh, we've got a feature problem. I can do that. I can do that. And then we've got the role play problem, which I can't do either. So, um, okay, well, I'll, I'll just improvise. Okay, I've got... Um, I know. Like last week, I'll do a bit out of my book. How about that? I'll do a bit out of my book and then I'll I'll comment on it, you know, what's really going on. How about that? That's that's a good segment. And then I'll do the featured problem. Um and then I'll just do another bit at the end. Um I I'm sure I'll come up with something. Um so yeah, like let's um let's go. So, uh, welcome back to Coulda, Woulda, Shoulda with me, Barrett Coldiron, without John Mango, just me. It's quite nice with the silence, isn't it? Just just me speaking. I don't have to listen to his voice. Yeah. Yeah, I could get used to this. Um, it's meaning like it's not totally out of my comfort zone being on my own, so yeah, let's go. Um, right, Liatrons, okay. Liatrons. So last week I I did a bit about his uh, Boris's expeditions in Brazil. So this week he's gone to Togo. So uh, strap yourself in. Um, I have got the Togo chapter ready to go for everyone. So listen. Boris turned the radio down. 
He wanted to listen to the rest of the Financial Times Weekly podcast, but he knew he needed to keep quiet during an infiltration. Boris used his nose to sniff out any bugs and wiretaps in the control room. He was cleared for business. Two miles away, in the Togolese spy headquarters, word had reached the agents about a possible data breach coming from the Brazilian embassy. Hey, what's going on? One Togolese agent belched. It looks like there is a possible data breach coming from the Brazilian embassy, another agent dramatically gulped. It's probably nothing, Boris's Togolese double agent mused. Let's get back to watching Togolese television. But a big Togolese agent was not so sure. No, he splurted. Brazil has a big attack involving the head of Christ the Redeemer falling off and tumbling to the ground and then the whole country went into lockdown and everything was bad. Let's go. Back we go to the other end of that two mile stretch mentioned earlier. Boris had 15 laptops on the go, computerizing and computing everything for him. He was in full control, smoking a cigarette as he looked at all the numbers and letters jumping on the screen and he knew what each one of them meant. Beep. Boris looked away and to the beep. The beep was flashing, which Boris knew meant that now he was not alone. Come on, that big Togo agent mentioned before screamed. The Brazilian terrorist man is up in the Brazilian consulate building. He may try to destroy the country in any second. Boris's double agent shook his head. But big Togo agents, the terrorists let the people of Brazil, St. Kitts and Nevis and Rwanda see the error of their ways. Now none of those countries have governments anymore and the people rule themselves. They all now have become booming economies thanks to the complete deregulation of the markets and can now also help themselves thanks to Boris. No, the government is big here and must stay this way. The big Togo agent counterattacked. How else will our great country be able to mind control the Togolese people into blindly giving money to big lies like smelly healthcare and stupid welfare? We must stop this terrorist. Bang. The Brazilian consulate exploded. Lots of money spilled out onto the street like big green humongous blobs of hailstorms. And when I say hailstorms, I mean like really big ones that can potentially damage a cheap car. Togolese people came out of their huts and began scooping up all the money. Look! One of them yelled and pointed to Boris. That white man has saved us! We must be forever thankful to people like him for giving us all these material possessions. The big Togo agent had now seen the light. Yes, I was wrong. The government has been holding us back. Thank you, Boris, for helping me see that. Now I will take over the country with the people in charge. I will serve them in whatever actions they want me to take. Thank you, Boris, Togo's new saint. Well, on to the former Yugoslavic Republic of Macedonia, Boris chipped. He later realised that when reading up on the country, it was actually known as North Macedonia. But uh, when he shouted that out, he didn't realise it and couldn't take it back due to publishing constraints. So, you know. But yeah, so um, that's the next ep- uh, the next episode of the Liatron's novel. Um, so a bit of inspiration for that. Well, obviously I wanted it to be exciting, action-packed, filled. I also added some new characters in this time with the Togo agents and stuff. Um, so 
there's well one thing that John mentioned to me off air last week was that he was a bit worried that it was all about Boris so um I made a bit about Boris's double agent and obviously there's there's now a double agent involved um he's got into the Togo building and uh, is basically able to sort of tell Boris what's going on there's going to be probably a double agent each in each country. So there's probably going to be one in Macedonia. Um, so I think, yeah, I, I'm I'm pretty proud of that one because there was actually some dialogue that was pretty well written, and I also think I was able to get the story moving a bit quicker than last time. Um, I think last time I was in terms of the Brazilian story. Um, I said a lot and I, there was a lot of stuff going on in terms of like political messaging and, you know, messages in general, lots of messages, but there was no action really. Um, I did throw in a bit of pistol action in that last one, but there's, you know, just explosions, bangs and beeps and, and things like that in this one. So that was what I was aiming to do. And I think I did a good job. Are you tired of being hacked? Yeah. Are you worried about your stash of pornography? Yeah. Are you scared of naughty men looking at you through your webcam? Oh, yeah, yeah. Well, Stop Snitch is for you. The cheap VPN DCSL Wi-Fi 404 error service. We kill hackers. Hey, if we were hitmen, we would be murdering thousands of people. Try our service for two days, and hey, if you don't like fast, powerful security slaughtering bad guys, then just leave our service any time. Prices start at £8 a week for protection. When you pay high, you get the best. Use CWS at the storefront on our website to knock off a pound each week. Stop snitch. You snitch out the baddies, we'll do the rest. So now we move on to featured problem. Now it was John's turn to bring a featured problem in, if I remember right. Um, but not to worry, because I have many saved up in my problem bank anyway. So I've just picked one out of there, um, and I'll read it out, and then I'll see if I can solve it. Dear Barris, and it says John on here, but well, you know, dear Barrett. My name is Lindsay Fowler. I am a 36-year-old bakery worker. I write to you with a problem I've been having concerning jam. So jam is quite a big part of my day-to-day -day activities at the bakery. There's no surprise there. They go into tarts, donuts, cakes, and of course on bread. However, the jam products are one of our least profitable delicacies. I might have to believe. And the manager is thinking of ceasing all jam-related products from sale. This would be a disaster as I rely on jam to get me through the day. Did you know that jam has properties inside it that strengthen your bones, for example? Or that they can act as blood in your arteries if you're running a bit low? I didn't know that. I've tried to explain this to my manager, but she's having none of it. In conclusion, I would like some advice on what to do next. 
I am adamant that the jam must stay in this bakery and I need your help to keep it there. And then Lindsay signed off with a flourish, a flourishing signature. Okay, so jam. Um, so jam is not something I personally have a lot of. Um, I, I occasionally have a jam donut if, if the need requires for it, but I don't really have much other interactions with jam. However, I do know a lot of people who do have a lot of interactions with jam. So for me to find out that this bakery is not selling jam products um, well is, is quite... It's quite disturbing, really, because there is a, a good jam market out there. So I can definitely see your point. I didn't know anything about all this this relation, all this, this, this good stuff that jam can do to your body, though. That That's impressive um, stuff that it can do. I mean, I can kind of see the blood aspect of it because it looks like blood. Maybe it is a certain type of blood. Um, but that's very impressive, and I didn't know about that. So... I'm also a bit worried then, if that is the case, that your manager is not taking that on board. The manager should know. She should know about this. So, yeah, a bit worrisome. Um, I would look at importing cheap jam. So, I don't know what type of jam you have, where it comes from or stuff. I would have a look at maybe trying to find cheap stuff. You know, like your sort of Tesco everyday essentials stuff or um, the Asda equivalents or any other, you know, thing like that would be perfect. So I would go down that route. I would also see if you can get like a little club together. Now, I'm sure... I'm sure there is a lot of people in your workplace that also love the jam products. The best way to fight back against this jam-hating manager is to buy the jam products. I think if you get someone to organize a jam-buying competition, maybe, you can get jam back on the map in your area. Another thing about jam that I always find fascinating is that it's so versatile. Why don't you put it in stuff that wouldn't have jam in the first place. What about a jam sausage roll, for example? That could be something that could maybe be used. A jam kebab, maybe. Or jam chips. All these things can be easily used in a, in a bakery setting. I did realize that some of those items were more fast food related. But why don't you open a jam fast food section in your shop. These are all things you can try. And they haven't been proven. You know, these are just sort of big blue sky ideas, but we've got to think of a way to get this jam off the shelves and for it to stay, frankly, in the in the shop. So they're my solutions, I'd say. Um, either get cheap jam, you can get either or, you can, you can do all of these actually. Get cheap jam, get Tesco everyday value jam or just 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 get some jam that's very cheap do it yourself maybe there's a garden you've got maybe get some jam for yourself i don't know if you'll be able to you know cook up enough batches to to run a whole bakery with it but you know every little helps so i'm thinking we can do that 
we can also get people to buy your jam and we can also get new products off the shelves. They're free full-blown solutions, I think, Lindsay, that will help you. And I would love to hear John Mango's views on this, but he's not here. Okay, well, um, we've got, I don't know, we've got a bit that we haven't filled yet. Um, obviously, I've been thinking a lot about the jam products, so I've not really thought about what to do next in terms of the podcast itself. So, um, I mean, there's a few questions that people always ask me. I could answer them, I suppose. Are you a hoarder? Someone asked me. Um, no, I'm not a hoarder. Um, I don't really have much room for anything really um, I'm, I'm always on the move you see so i don't really have much use for you know things i don't need did you dream last night did i dream last night um i had a little one where i was stuck in a bin it was really horrible actually i remember i, I got stuck in it and like, my legs got sort of clamped into it so I was stuck, and also, also this was a big bin. Like I couldn't open the, I couldn't open the bin to get out and sort of poke my head out. So I was sort of trapped in this bin, and um, my legs were stuck. So I was kind of like sort of shouting. Um, it must have been a soundproof bin though, because um, no one heard me. So I was shouting. I was bashing the bin, trying to knock it over and trying to open the door and stuff. And then I felt it moving because obviously a bin's on wheels. Um, and in the end, like you know, when I got, I basically was in the bin, and it was the bin collection service. And then it flipped me over to try and put me in with all the trash. And then I was just kind of stuck there because the bin was stuck to my legs. So I was sort of upside down, but the the lid had opened. So I was able to be heard this time. And then someone was looking up and saying, what, what are you doing in there? And I was like, I don't know. I've got, my, I've got my legs trapped in. I don't really remember how it ended, to be honest. I think that was where it ended. So yeah, yeah, no, that, that's what I drank last night. Do you believe in ignorance or bliss? I think you've got that mixed up, haven't you? Ignorance or bliss, isn't, there, isn't it? Ignorance is bliss. Well, do I believe... I'll, I'll answer the first question because it might be something that that I haven't heard of. Ignorance or bliss. Um, I mean, ignorance is bad, isn't it? Because, like, you, if you don't know anything, then what's the point of knowing anything? So that's bad. Bliss, I mean, bliss to me, it always reminds me of, like, someone who's kind of like, oh, uh, everything's grey and stuff, and I don't have to worry about anything. I'm in such a blissful mood. I'm just kind of like, well, you've, you've got to know about the, the dark stuff in life, you know? So I don't think either of them I believe in, personally. If there's one in the middle, like Blissnerance, I believe in that. After a breakup, would you rather be alone or be surrounded by friends? Um, well, in terms of people I've been romantically involved with, I would say... I don't really have the option to be surrounded by friends, really, because I'm always on the move. I don't really, I don't really keep friends down. So, I guess by 
sort of proxy, I'd rather be alone, I guess. Which is also not true either, because I'm always living with someone. So I'm not, I'm not really, I'm rather, I'm surrounded by acquaintances, really, most of the time. Are you a fan of any sports teams? Well, I did like tennis back in the day. Tennis was exciting. It's not very exciting now. I don't like all the, the technology that tells you whether it's out or not. I don't like that. Um, I think tennis should be pure. It's pure sport, isn't it? So I did like tennis. So I, when I was sort of growing up, I did like Pete Sampras. He was my favourite. Um, and Tim Henman as well. So he's, I know they're not a team. Well, Team Henman. I mean, that was the fan, the fan group of of uh, Henman. So are you a fan of any sports team? Team Henman. What's your answer for that? At what age did you go on a first date? Uh, I mean, maybe 15, I think, was when I went on a first date. We went to Chester Zoo. Yeah, it was me and a, a young girl. I mean, she, she was young then. She's not young now. You know what I mean? Like, she she was my age at the time. We, we were both in the same year at school. Um, She thought I was really cool because I was, like, I think I had my second warning before I was expelled. Um, So I was called, sort of like the sort of bad boy at the school. So loads of people got me some... I got some interest from people just sort of like because I was just a, a bit naughty. Um, so I kind of, she was like, oh, let's go to Chester Zoo and like annoy the animals. So I was like, yeah, sure, let's do that. And personally, I didn't really, I, I, I didn't really uh, fancy her that much, but she kind of was like telling all her mates that she was going on a date with me. And to be honest, it gave me, she was quite popular, so it gave me a bit sort of, of kudos in the school so yeah, I was kind of just like you know yeah 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 I'm going out with her yeah yeah and um ended up going to Chester Zoo which was a strange strange experience because our parents drove us there and it was about an hour and a half drive from Leeds which was where I went to school at and um she uh yeah, she she went straight. She had a thing for rhinos. It's like she had a big fascination with them. She she loved the fact that they could like complete. She she always found it funny when she found a video of like a rhino sort of like uppercutting a person like with its horn, like sort of lifting them up. Um, she always, you know, cried out laughing at, at those type of videos. So I was kind of like, yeah, let's go to the rhino enclosure, sure. And then she kind of tried to get me into the actual enclosure. Um, she was always like, go on, rent, go and try and get him in. And I was sort of like, no, I don't really want to go in with this rhino. Like, you know, it's got a big pointy horn on it, and I'm kind of a bit worried it might kill me. Um, she was like, no, Rent, it'll be funny. I mean, yeah, I don't know, Rent, it'll be funny. And I was kind of like, no, nah, this is not going to work, is it? I think that was the only reason why she wanted me to go there, to be honest, um, so she could film her own sort of rhino attack video. And... For the rest of the day, like we went our separate ways. I went to have a look at the penguins, and you know, I I went on that. You know, there's like that that monorail thing that's there. I love that. I remember loving the hell out of it. I was going on that all the time, and she just stayed with the rhinos until the end of the day. And then her parents came to pick us up, and um, 
she insisted on me sitting in the front with her dad and she'd sit in the back on her own. Um, so, yeah, she that was my first date experience, yeah. Do you have a catchphrase? Well, yeah. Do you not, do you not hear it every week? Good morning, good afternoon, good evening. That's my catchphrase. I worked at many months on that one. John Mango was always supervising me, saying, you should say it like this, you should say it like that. So, yeah, I do have a catchphrase in that, in that um, to respond to that one. Do you know a hoarder? I think that's from the same person as before. No, I don't. What's your obsession with hoarders? Have you ever suffered a fracture? Well, I'm always, I mean, technically I'm always, because I've, um, I've still got my arm in the sling. Um, I've had my arm in the sling for, for years, really, because I constantly have things going wrong with it. It's either breaking. It, I don't know what's wrong with it. I might have to get some of that jam um, that, Lindsay was mentioning from before to try and I don't know make the bone a bit better but yeah whenever you see me I'll just be in this sling because I've got something new wrong with it it's always I just say I've fallen out of a tree now just because it's easier for people to sort of understand because some some for some reason I just it just keeps on breaking and the doctors are kind of like well it's not really because of like your your arm itself your arm's fine like it's not, there's no real problems in it, but you're just that clumsy or you're just getting into so many scrapes that your arm just keeps on breaking. Maybe it's like a, a learned response or something that I have to put my arm out to sort of stop me from getting harmed or something like that. And that's, and the arm gets it, you know? So I don't know really. It's, it's an odd, an odd, uh, an odd thing, my arm. But do you ever have you ever suffered a fracture? Yes, I've suffered many, and they've all been in my left arm. What is your full name? Well, my full name is Barrett Coldine. Um, it's not my birth name, but um, it's the name that I I had to change. I didn't have to change it, but I had to change it in terms of uh, it just be made me have a better life, really. Um, so I changed it to Barrett Cold Iron uh, by D. Pole, and um, yeah, so that's my full name. I don't have a middle name. I didn't see the point of coming up with one, one more. So Barrett Cold Iron is my name. How old are you? No, yeah, that's a good one. Um, I don't really disclose my my age. Really, my age. I'm thirty four. Um, that's how old I am. Born in, I must have been born in 1987. Yeah, born 1987. October 6th, 1987. Yeah, I was born in Leeds. And yeah, basically, you know the rest, really. Um, or you don't really, but that's because I want to keep it private. But, you know, I can tell me my birthday and my age. There's nothing wrong with that, is there? So, yeah, that's probably, that's probably a good question to end on, really. Um, so, yeah, yeah. Uh, there we go. Another podcast. It's kind of a weird one. I kind of hoped you liked it, though, and I hope I hope you, I did a good job in terms of keeping you entertained for, you know, a little shorter, I imagine. It'll be about half an hour, this one. So I hope that's, you know, satisfied your coulda, woulda, shoulda urges for the week, and I'll see you next time. And hopefully I'll be with someone next time. So goodbye. This is a Scorpion Thunderbolt production. <laughs>